Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, if you would be so kind as to follow in your Bibles, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. And the word of God reads as follows, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that ruins between uh, Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walked in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you, and people rejoice at the harvest, and like warriors dividing the plunder. This is the word of the Lord. In the New Testament, we find in the epistle of John, the first epistle of John, chapter 4, and I'm going to read uh, the verses 8 through 12. And it reads as follows. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us first and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. The word of the Lord. I have been speaking and introducing a, a series uh, called Lights of, uh, Lights of Hope or, or Season of Lights here at Light of Hope. And I'm taking the little thing off again. There you go. Yeah, I'm always having trouble with this. Uh, and and uh, the season that we're talking, it's the season of lights. Season of lights at Light of Hope. Why do we talk about seasons of lights? Well, we see so many lights out in the neighborhoods. We see the lights dimming earlier in the season as, as we go into darker, longer nights and shorter days. And yet it is the season of lights. We look forward for the lights because lights remind us of so many things. Our main text is the following for the whole series. It is out of John chapter 1, the first couple of verse 4 and 5 says, The Word gave life to everything that was created. And this life, His life, brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness cannot and will never extinguish the light. Meaning, my dear friends, that light is stronger than darkness. And that's what we're talking about. So we're sharing with you a series of lights, a series of wisdoms, a series of good information that God has for us. And last week, we talked about the lights of what? Hope. Hope. 
And we've talked about that hope is not the kind of wishful thinking that we have, that I hope something happens, cross my fingers and hope to God or all that kind of stuff. You know, it is not based on circumstances. The hope that we have through, through Christ and in Scripture, it is not a hope that is based on luck or circumstances. It is a hope that is based on the very fact that God promises something and that that promise becomes a hope because if God promises it, it is a sure thing. And we have seen it in every prophetic promise that was done about Jesus Christ. They all came through. Almost all 300 of them, if there are that many, all of them came through about Jesus Christ in terms of his kingdom from his birth all the way through his birth and the extension of his kingdom. So we know that our hope is not based on circumstances, that our hope is not based on wishful thinking, but our hope is based on God's sure word, and therefore it is a confident hope, and it is one of the lights that we harvest for this season, the lights of hope. Today, I want to share with you about the lights of love, the lights of a love. But why, why do we talk about light still? You see, light, do, light does something to us, that, and, and it's a positive effect. You see, our text says that light wins over darkness, that light overcomes the darkness, that darkness cannot quench, extinguish, comprehend, put down, tear down the light. Light is stronger than darkness because light clarifies things. Light actually illuminates stuff that is hidden. Light actually shines on things. Light shows reality. Light reveals situations. Light guides us on a path. Light points for directions. Actually, light also gives shine on things that were hidden and now that they are seen. Light is transparent. Light is genuine. Light is real, but also light is very warm. And as we discovered last week that the lights of hope were based on the confident kind of hope, we're going to discover today that the love that God shows and the lights of love are not based on the ephemeral, emotional, passionate love of the world, but instead on the decision-making, extravagant grace and merciful love of God. You see, the love of God is there. But do we see it? Do we call for it? Do we even need God's love, I wonder? In a society that it is so self-sufficient, in a society that is so self-opinionated, in a society that is so self-reliant, is there even space for the old-fashioned, old idea? Perhaps out of relevancy, the concept of God's love? Is there any need for such a thing? Is there any need for the love of God? Is there? When we hear of children that are being abused at an emotional, physical level, not only in the country, but in our own county, in our own metropolitan area, that now the government is doing something. Is there a place for God's love there? When we hear of the elderly who are lost because they just drive out of their home to do a, 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 an errand that they have probably done 20 times in, their, in, in that month, and suddenly they're confused, they get lost in the woods, and police find them dead. Is there any need for God's love in there? When people have to choose between food or medication, is there any space for God's love there? 
When we hear of men and women and children being trafficked for, for perverted use, and I'm talking about stuff right here in our county. I have encountered homes, not really, of, I've known of places, let me clarify that, that look like a beautiful home, and they're a brothel. Yeah. And the women in there are slaves. And now they're held against their will. Is there a space for God's love in that area? When we find ourselves with the disasters that tear apart cities, that tear apart communities, that tear apart churches, that tear apart schools, is there space? Is there room? Is there even an ocean for God's love in that area, in that situation? I wonder if people feel the need for God's love today. Because it's all about money. When we find ourselves to be so comfortable rejecting instead of welcoming, when we find it so easy not to shout for God's love, but to look the other way and see the oppressed and see the rejected, see the outcast and just look the other way, is there a space for God's love at that moment? When we see and hear about the women, the kids in school who are bullied, who are hated because of elitism or because of, of, of cliquish, is there a space for our heart to break or God's heart to break there? I can keep on talking over a list, an endless list of situations where we may find a need for God's love, but I will stop because I only wonder if God's love can make a difference. Can God's love make a difference in this world? Of course. I know it can make a difference. And it's not going to be a polite love. It's not going to be if you want kind of love. It's going to be like the love that we saw as that, pour, as that water was poured. It just started going down no matter what stopped it. No matter what tried to hold it back, the water kept on going down and down and down. I just held it right there at the carpet. It wanted to keep on going down because that is God's love. The reality is that most of us are stuck in God's love. We're stuck in the, in the kind of love that, that only takes care of ourselves and God is good to me and God is good to mine. But it's difficult to look outside of ourselves and try to see where God's love is needed because the need is overwhelming. That's what it is. Our care and compassion ministry team is sometimes feels overwhelmed with the needs. And we have to be very selective sometimes and painfully cutting opportunities because we just can't. There is so much need out there for God's love. I wonder if we are blind or pretend that we don't see poverty, that we don't see hunger, that we don't see violence right in our neighborhoods, right down our streets, right down from my apartment. We don't see it. We explain it away. We actually blame them. They deserve that. They brought that onto themselves. Rather than thinking about it, feeling compelled, feeling the Spirit, allowing God's Spirit to compel us to love, 
to move in that direction. But as I know your heart feels the same way, for, for every cry of God's love, for every cry of injustice, for every cry of lonely suffering that some of us have experienced here at home quietly, for every yearning of God's love that our soul feels deep down, there is a word from God. There is a promise from God. There is an act of God in your favor. There are lights of love that will shine. There are lights of love. And I'm supposed to get this thing. There are lights of love that shine and that will show you the way, the truth, and the life. See, God has shown us those lights. And we're going to start exploring them. We're going to see those lights. You see, God's love is eternal. God's love is never ending. It is fresh every single morning and tangled up. Never pretended to be Edwin Houdini. But God's love is there. You see, it is accepting. It is inclusive. It opens hearts. It doesn't close up people. It doesn't have people ooh, away. It compels people to, clo- to get close to strangers. Because they realize that strangers actually may have a story to share and to add to their lives. Wow. God's love, the lights of love, they are unlimited. These ones are limited. They tell me 20 hours. It's free. God's love is free. It is free to receive. It is free to give. We heard some weeks ago about another little thingy. And it's called a coin. Remember the coin? They had two-sided coin. One side was love. The other side was what? Because love and forgiveness. Forgiveness and love are two things in our hearts that came from above. Do you remember it? Love and forgiveness. Forgiveness and love. Two things from above that came to our hearts. God's lights of love have also been described as non-temperamental, non-moody, or at risk, like me. God's love is patient, is kind, is joyful, is long-suffering. It believes. It says yes. When everything, everything says no, God says, yes, go for it. Take it. But God's love is not to be hoarded. It's not for us to be fat with it. But it is to be shared. It is to be given. It is to be exposed. It is to be out there, not behind the houses, but out there in the streets, out there in the neighborhoods. As I was walking today, Jennifer was asking me, how do I pass out these cards? And it's difficult to go out and, and start passing those invitation cards for our Christmas Eve and events. You know, uh, but I said, you know, what I found easier is when I'm out doing my regular stuff, uh, if I have two in my seat next to me and I park and, and I see a person in the parking lot, and I grab a card. I say, excuse me, can I give this to you? And I show the pretty picture, not the weapon. <laughs> uh, they'll say, oh, thank you, and that's it. 
but that is sharing love. Because what you're doing is you're sharing an opportunity for that person, for God's Spirit to move in such a way over that person that that person's heart will be touched, that person's heart will be compelled to perhaps go deeper and look for God's love and the lights of God's love. You see, for the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness could not stop the light. And hatred seemed to have won for a little while there at Golgotha. Hatred seemed to have won at Calvary. Hatred seemed to have won at that moment. But the lights of love didn't. The lights of love gave the resurrection power of that dead body that was in that tomb. And that dead person rose up in that morning as the light was coming up. As the sun was coming up, the light shone in the darkness. And darkness could not comprehend, extinguish it, manipulate it, or control it. You see, the most amazing thing is that the lights of love are for you and for your neighbor just as equal. Don't think that you're better because you have knowledge of Christ and you have that awareness of forgiveness. It should be shameful if you think that way, but rather we should be compelled to share the good news, to share that there is freedom, to share the fact that we can share and have the lights of love in our lives. Have the lights of love shine not only through our windows, not only in our Christmas tree, but in our hearts, in our smiles, in our necks as Chip today has so lovely wore his Christmas necklace. I caught him texting. Uh-uh. <laughs> you see, but the most amazing thing is that these lights of love came wrapped up in a very nice gift. And it was given to us along with hope in the manger of Bethlehem. They came wrapped up in that beautiful in the manger of Bethlehem. But that love didn't really flourished until he got to Golgotha. And he who was love took on the hatred, took on the sin of all of us, and nailed it in the cross so that the love of God is now a light for all. If I be lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. You have the lights of love? You wish you had more? Come closer to Jesus. You have the lights of love? Share them with others. Don't just keep them in, under the table. Share this love. Share God's love. Share the love of the infant, grown, died, and resurrected with all those you encounter this week, this coming week. Because this is the season of lights, and light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will never be able to extinguish it. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, for the spirit moving in this room as I was trying to play with stuff. And, and forgive me if it was too distracting, oh Lord. But we try to communicate your gospel. 
We try to share the truth with joy, with love, with creativity, O oh Lord. And we thank you for those toys that you allow us to have. But we ask you that it's not the event or the moment, but that the words would stay in our hearts, change our minds, our way of thinking, and make us move and behave out those doors in ways that are not common and typical for us so that you can be glorified, your gospel may will be shared, and all peoples in our community will be able to share the glory of your Christmas, the glory of your Advent, of your Son, Jesus Christ, come to us. Amen.